for July 17th, 2023. It's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 785, An Uneasy Equilibrium. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. I'm Mark Lee. I'll explain what I'm doing in just a second. But the overthinkers, as you probably know, are like your smart, funny friends on the Internet. We're never happier than when we are gathered together negotiating over important things. Um, You might even say bargaining uh, collectively um, in a uh, system that has a healthy tension between um, two parties, let's say. Um, Let's call it management and, uh, and labor. Um, and I am here in this role um, uh, as uh, representing one of those sites here because I hear that Matt, um, who is also on this podcast with me, um, Matt is on strike. Is what, what do we want? Me. Ad sales. When do we want them? Now. <laughs> what oh, do we the- want? Ad sales. When do we want them? <laughs> we tried it. It wasn't really our vibe. What do we want? Ad sales. When do we- hey, hey. Ho, ho podcasting is uh, no yeah. matt, matt has gone through the trouble of flying from new york from los angeles to new york he's brought all of his picket signs with him um and he's got a big t-shirt that says sag aftra 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 on strike and uh he's just like uh walking around in a circle in my living room it's quite rude it's, i gotta say yeah we are on yeah we're on strike this the the podcasters are are on strike um I, you know, I am, I guess I am on strike. I'm not on strike against this podcast because this podcast is not produced by the AM, the AMPTP. Um, and also, it, just to be clear, Matt is management, actually. <laughs> well, in this, in this particular I'm, case, I'm not, yeah. I'm not labor. I'm, I'm, I don't even know. What, what are we, what are we, are we, Matt? Well, we're a, we're an autonomous collective. We're uh, a, okay, uh, yes, you know, cool. we're a, what's the, the line from, from Monty Python, right? Like, we're like the people's friend of Judea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're the people's front of, of overthinking. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, but the, 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 uh, guild, I'm, I'm a member. Are you a member of any labor unions, Mark? Currently? No. Um, uh, in the past I was, we might get into that. Um, sure. In a little bit. The organization of staff analysts. Oh, got um, it. It's a, it's a municipal do you labor work for, union. Do you work for like wizards or something and like, uh, analyze their, analyze their magic staffs? Oh, if only, if only, no. <laughs> but um, the- I, what I do now is decidedly a non-union shop. And I'm not going to get any further detail on that. Um, so no, I'm not in a union. I'm not in a position where I would be dealing with any unions. Well, right I'm now. Not, you know, I I feel like it's blood in, blood out. So even though I'm not paying dues anymore for one for one of my unions, I'm a member of three uh, AFL CAO affiliated labor unions. Uh, one is is SAG after one is Actors Equity. The third market might surprise you to know is the United Auto Workers. Uh, I am a United Auto Worker because they organized grad student instructors when I oh, was in, right when I was yes, in grad school. Of course. And so, yeah. I, you know, I was given the opportunity to join the union uh, when I was in grad school, which I did happily, gladly, uh, you know. And um, yeah, they represent, you know, I guess they did the the CBA that that controlled what grad student instructors uh, got paid. So so um, how much time they could spend on the assembly line. Yeah, exactly. Um, turning right? turning like, out dissertations and welding words together, right? Yeah, break. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the the number of breaks, right? Like the the number of staples that were allotted to you to staple your students' term <laughs> papers together and things like that. Yeah, fifty minutes of section, and then you have a, a union mandated break. 
I actually, so I you hit that, you hit that red button and then just the, the discussion stops. So one, one of the things I did in grad school was serve as a grader for a big online course that was called like film acting appreciation or something like that. Um, and this was one of these things that people would just take because they thought they could just watch a lot of movies and, you know, not have to work a great deal. And, you know, that, undergrads for undergrads. undergrads yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this was, I couldn't teach i mean now i have a terminal degree and i guess i could teach uh grad school in acting and that's that's exactly as useful as it sounds <laughs> but at the time you know i had a literature background so like i wanted to teach on my own some english classes seminars at at uh, ucla when i went to grad school which i managed i managed to do and i had a great time um i had a great time doing but no my what the the place that the union ended up kind of getting involved in my my life was that um when I was when I was a not even a TA a grader for acting for film, um, I did uh, I I got too many students right they they too many people signed up for this so my like allotment of twenty students that was my class I ended up with like sixty or something like that and the details of Which the sounds CB- hellish by the way. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That would make your life a kind of a disaster, right? Sixty-three page papers. I, I actually don't don't tell anybody this. I, I graded them all in one cross country plane ride, coming to see you guys for something back <laughs> back east. I did them, and then I think I did paper two, like on the on the the return trip. But um, yeah. So the whole, I mean, the whole thing was like, okay, I have sixty students. Well, the CBA specified that that was I get paid three. The rate, the like the you know, so it was hey, to, to a certain extent piecework, I suppose. But like, <laughs> um, that there was there is a universe, and lots of people deal in in things like, oh, well, the it's one class, you know, like so you know, deal with it. You get your you get your like uh, four hundred dollars or something, regardless of how many uh, how many papers you have to grade. Um, so you know, I'm and I'm. I guess I'm friendly to the labor movement, the labor movement generally, but no, nowhere more than in entertainment where the potential for exploitation, I mean, you know, entertainment has strong labor unions and the level of exploitation that you see is, is what it is, right? Imagine if there were, if there were none, Um, (laughs) you know? It is, it is no secret at all, right? And just to be clear, like, you know, the, the context of those courses, right, when we're talking about the writers' union that went on strike uh, what, a few weeks ago, uh, and then the actors' union going on strike uh, uh, fairly fairly recently. So, like, this is, like, a big deal, and it's worth talking about, right? Like, sure. And, uh, and since you, we talked about this before we kind of get into the media specifically, like, some additional background as well. Like, um, my personal and kind of political relationship with labor unions is quite different than yours, Matt. And so, like, just to get all the cards on the table, right? Um, you're, you're a union buster. You were a union buster, right? You were you were going around and uh, you know I don't know bringing in scabs, doing all those doing all those Chicago things, right? Like oh yeah 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 yeah, just you know with, with the Billy Club and uh, and intimidation tactics. Like, no no no. Um, actually, so I mentioned grad student unions as well. Like let's go and talk about that. Like there was a, a nascent grad student labor uh, movement when we were on campus as undergrads. At Yale, yeah, and they were right? so. I mean, and it was so. Um, I don't know the the faculty were so against it, right? Like they wanted yeah. to keep their they wanted to maintain their privilege, which you know I understand. Like I don't totally excuse, but I understand why they would. 
And 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 I can't remember really what the if there was a consensus sentiment among students at the time. Um, but I remember me in particular being kind of like a uh, uh, what's the right word for it? A a a conservative brat at the time hmm. um, before I kind of like a huge like kind of leftward tilt on there um, uh, in, in, my, in my politics uh, as an undergrad thinking this is ridiculous. These are PhD students. They're here as, you know, uh, to get their education and um, they are lucky. They, they get a stipend and they're lucky to even be doing this at all. Why should they unionize? They should just take a hike. Um, that was my stance then. Um, since softened then, uh, as I've learned much more about how, again, how specific how grad uh, labor, even at August institutions such as Yale, are, as you very pointedly use the word, exploited. That's a thing. Absolutely. Um, and then fast forward later on, and I've kind of been more circumspect about this uh, on the podcast in the past, but um, you know, I spent many years working in and around New York City government. And let me tell you, municipal labor unions, especially as they exist in New York City and um, uh, are in very important ways part of the problem, yeah, I, I have a problem with that. Um, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but I'll just like offer up one extreme example, which – um, might sound like, oh, well, that's just kind of like just so blown out, out, out of proportion and that doesn't represent everything else as well. But like it, they are actually symptomatic of the broader problems um, in New York City. The correction officers labor union um, is so entrenched, so corrupt and has uh, gone through uh, it's gone tilted the scales ridiculously to the point of um, protecting uh, uh, their members position that they just perpetuate um, the most heinous crimes against other New Yorkers. Um, you might hear about how Rikers Island, the prison, uh, not even prison, the jail, um, a major jail in New York City has been under federal monitorship for many years and in violation of a consent decree um, and has gotten so bad uh, and people just freaking keep dying in the prison. Um, uh, uh, partly, again, because of uh, kind of the, the labor system and management system that's set up there um, that uh, the, the jail system is on the verge of being taken over completely into federal receivership. Um, and so... Like that, I don't know how helpful or not helpful that is to this conversation here. But like, I maybe like to bring it back to what we're talking about here, right? You know, when we talk about labor in the United States, it is this huge, multifaceted um, system um, that you know, uh, regrettably, sometimes gets all lumped in to the same things. And um, if nothing else, like you know, just kind of again to put all the cards out there, right? You know, it's helpful to think of like, okay, you know. That's that's not the sort of labor movement that we're talking that, about here. Yeah, on on political Twitter, they call that your priors, right? Like, what are your priors? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not that so I, I know a damn thing about priors. Yeah, Twitter. I have the strong priors to be frankly be skeptical of organized labor, and just to kind of uh, pile onto that a little bit more. It's like you know, like you know, why not have a free market of uh, you know labor and opportunities where employers are properly incentivized to make work conditions good. For the people they uh, that choose to work for them, but with good wages and good working conditions, and if they don't like it, they can freaking take a hike. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, I don't know, like, you know, look at the the poor sods who come out of undergrad and work eighty hours a week for Goldman Sachs, right? <laughs> They're compensated very heavily for that, and um, you know, at one point, you know, they. Uh, there, there was someone tried to, you know, to organize a little bit, and that really didn't get very far. Because uh, again, you can take a hike from Goldman Sachs, you can go work for other other places. Um, but Matt. Oh, as I say, uh, tell me why that doesn't really work out. That sort of theory of labor um, and, and a marketplace does not work out in the city of angels in the uh, in the entertainment industry, well, I mean, like movies and movies and TV. Like uh, supply, 
so far outstrips demand, right? Like there's so many people, it's a high glamour industry. So there's so many mm-hmm. people willing to sort of throw themselves into the meat grinder in order to, you know, and accept any sort of conditions. And so if you were to leave it to, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you, if you were to let the market just sort of take its, take its course, let the, the sort of invisible hand, uh, do that, the invisible hand would smack a lot of actors right, right in the face. Um, and has in the past. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. And so like, um, the, the, you know, the system, the system that exists, right? Like is, is, and, and also like you're, you're talking about sort of itinerant gig workers versus like very powerful, um, versus these kind of very, very powerful, well, now they're, they're large, you know, multinational corporations, but even, before they were sort of very powerful kind of syndicates and stuff like that. And there have been some efforts to di- different kinds of efforts to level the playing field between, you know, the worker, the, the artists and the, the business people in, in, um, in entertainment, like United artists was one like Doug fair, Doug, Doug, Doug Fairbanks, my, my personal friend, Doug, Dougie, teach me how to Dougie Fairbanks, <laughs> teach me, teach me how to Dougie Fairbanks. Um, but no, like Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford and, and the kind of the founding of United artists and like the idea, the idea of like who owns, who owns the, the product, who owns the right, the labor, right? Because it's, it's the, the nature of the work of art in, the age of mechanical reproduction to, and more recently digital reproduction to, you know, kind of paraphrase a little bit um, is, is that like, I can work for one day, but my work can be sold over and over and over and over and over. And so the kind of the, the, the um, accommodation, right. That's been struck is the, the structure of our deals or something that we call residuals, right. So that like, for the day that I work, um, I get paid and that, that thing is negotiated by, you know, uh, by the union and it's all codified in a, a big CBA and whatever. Like, so for that day that I work, um, I get paid. And then like every time my work is exploited again, and I don't mean exploit, I need mean exploitation in the, in the, contractual and the you know the technical sense right like yeah. every time it's shown every time it's used right every time it's kind of resold i get a little piece of that and i get you know mark like i did uh in like 92 i sang on the soundtrack for hook mm-hmm. um not near i actually not far from where i live at, at what is now sony studios um where that uh that film was made on a very famous scoring stage there for the composer, John Williams, who, who conducted us. Yeah. I uh, that guy. Yeah. It was a really neat, uh, you know, it was a really neat day. It was kind of a one-off. I didn't like make that my career, but I did that and I did a, uh, another movie and I still get, get a few bucks from those, right? Like it's, it's on the order of dozens of dollars annually. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's, it is neat that, uh, that I still get that right. And that like, yeah. You know, those, if, if, um, that pie <laughs> is still growing, uh, that I get whatever my fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a, of a percent, uh, of that is. And so this is the, I mean, this is the, um, essential accommodation that was, that was reached. Um, I, I get more, I get a lot more from like an episode of Modern Family that I was on, uh, just getting, you know, that, that, uh, that check every quarter is really, 
really nice. Um, so, and, and if you are someone who is, you know, chasing after a middle-class living doing this, it's, uh, that's, that structure is super important. Yeah. You know? Um, so it makes it all like, uh, I don't know what the right word is for it. Like it makes it all like at least sort of workable as opposed to a complete hellscape, like, uh, like scrum for the bottom. Yeah. Where just like everybody, uh, the, acting on their own self interest agrees to work for essentially nothing. Um, because they're being, uh, again, that were exploited and they would be exploited by, um, you know the, the 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 power brokers who would you know promise um promise them this big payout layer and just like n- never deliver on that and well, then that, they would just kind of go through the system and just like get another rube um, yeah i mean would you want it that. that's what youtube is right <laughs> yes yes it is yeah and there there are you know some like extremely extremely high high successes now i uh, but those those don't actually make up like the modal you know the modal YouTuber earns nothing right, right. and that's uh, though though you know even here like the modal actor earns nothing the median the median income in in SAG-AFTRA and in uh, uh, Actors Equity which which represents actors for theater is zero that is to say greater than fifty percent of you know, professional actors don't make income from acting in a, in a given year. And just to be clear, though, is that because like they're just not working in acting or like they do a lot of work for free? No. Well, you can't do I mean, you can't do work, not for, free. To do work for free. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you you're not supposed to do work for free. There are certain situations where you can do work for free there in like you can do like a passion project in a in a theater of like 40 seats or less or something like that. Right. Are, yeah. Yeah. The venue size becomes important. I remember we talked about this before. There are things. Yeah. And this this is something that's been kind of like um, adjudicated hotly in Los Angeles because it used to be 99. And so there were all of these kind of not 501c3s that sprung up putting on plays in 99 seat theaters with you know, professional actors and, you know, it, it existed in this kind of like uneasy equilibrium. Um, I, I, I think of, uh, who is it? William Hurt in, in M night Shyamalan's the, the village where it's like, we have always existed in an uneasy equilibrium with the creatures behind yeah. our walls. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and we always existed in an <laughs> uneasy equilibrium with the, like the, you know, uh, 99 seat waiver plan. Um, and that's, uh, and, and then they, they, they blew it all to hell, but that's, um, but yeah, but that, so yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not supposed to work for free and that there are, there were also like for a little while, there were things for like online only projects, what we used to call web series. But now, you know, now everything's a web everything's series. a web series, right? Like what what isn't a web series? I, I, I don't know exactly. I'm a bad I'm a bad uh, actor in that I have not followed the um, demands Um you know, on one side and another with, uh, with the actors to see what exactly we are striking for, why, why we're striking now. I do know in general, it has been kind of a, it has been kind of a raw deal. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. The writers, the writers, God bless them, the, like the day they went on strike, they put out press materials that said, uh, that said, um, 
here's our, you know, it was a two column, uh, two column sheet that was like on one side, here are our requests and here's what the, the MPTP, um, wants to hold us to. You if know, you're saying that a group of writers like got together and put out a, a well produced, a well put together written statement. Exactly, exactly. It was, it was, it was totally clear, what? right? Um, and uh, and the actors instead gave like an impassioned speech. And <laughs> Mark, I not just the actors, like uh, Fran Drescher. I yeah, I could be not. It was the actual nanny. And I like I encourage you to watch it. It's actually kind of moving. There had been a sense she and the the national executive director, who was the kind of the staff person, the the hired as opposed to elected um, staff person, who's the chief negotiator with the the CBA between SAG-AFTRA and the the producers, is. Um, you know, uh, they had put out a very conciliatory video a couple weeks ago that was like, we're, you know, talks are productive. We're doing okay. Right, right. And they actually extended, um, they extended the current CBA by a week to like the idea was, and, you know, and so everyone thought they were going to cave. You know, everyone thought that like, right. okay, they, they, they were getting offered just enough to accept and that, you know, on the backs of the DGA, uh, the directors guild of America getting, uh, doing a deal, which they always do. They always go first. They're, they're super tight with management. They're very, they're extraordinarily, um, easygoing, right? They're, they're smaller. They're also more fully employed, uh, than, than actors tend to be like. So they, they, um, tend to have a less contentious time in, in these negotiations. Uh, the, and then SAG, we, we were thinking, go, you know, going, uh, going with whatever the MPTP was going to do. They were going to use that to, to sort of break the writers, you know, um, because we had to, you know, we have two out of three and why can't you be reasonable like your, uh, like your colleagues? But no, uh, SAG's, SAG's going out. Now, I don't understand the economics of it in quite the same way that I do with the writers. Like the writers are dealing with, the writers are dealing with a lot of, um, the writers are dealing with a lot of headwinds. Uh, the, the streaming, you know, the, the kind of the advent of streaming, um, means that, you know, a, the pie is shrinking more because you're paying like five bucks a month for a streaming service instead of 120 bucks a month for your cable bill of which, right, you know, right, right. that's doled out in dribs and drabs and carriage fees to, you know, the different companies that, that own the, uh, that own the networks, right? Like, so there's just, there's just less money in the pie. And also there's a lot more slices of the pie because there are, you know, something like 600, uh, uh pieces of original script to television, you know, series. Yeah. That, and just to quit, we're talking about like the pie is getting smaller. Like, is that like the recent turn um, or has that kind of always been the case? Because like, I think like in the popular imagination, um, you know, this whole streaming thing was booming because every company wanted to get in on the next big thing and, you know, establish their audience and all that kind of stuff. And we're just throwing tons and tons of money, like infinite money seems to be pouring into these projects. And, um, I, I thought that part of the story was like, hey, this is actually great for writers because like so many shows are in production and um, their talents are now in demand and, uh, and you know, good writers are needed. So like, sure. what happened, Matt? Yeah, well, I mean, when, what happened was a couple of things uh, on the basis that, hey, this is a new – the streamer's like, hey, this is a new thing. We need all kinds of concessions versus what like NBC – uh, used to do with like Thursday night must see TV. You know, we need all kinds of concessions, uh, in order to kind of make this 
big new business thing work, um, they got a lot of concessions. And one one of them was that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard the term mini rooms, but that um, a TV series would be written by a smaller group of people than it had been written by before, right? If you mm. think of your, like, think of the kind of the heyday of sitcoms, you know, in the, in the 90s, and a lot of those shows were made by... Um, you know, dozens of people sitting around a table. I mean, The Simpsons famously actually ran two writers' rooms, two full, you know, conference tables with like people, uh, with people around them. And that, that like, uh, that gravy train sort of stopped for the writers with, um, you know, that, that stopped for them with, uh, mini mini rooms the other thing is that you can be locked down uh, oh uh order sizes got smaller so remember how uh, you know right. 10 years ago yeah. i was saying that like i loved the 13 the 8 to 13 episode season because it seemed like a much more um it seemed like a length of of episodes right to more conducive to telling a, a serialized story right. compared um, to the standard well 26 yeah right? Some somewhere in there, like it had been been going down, but like yeah, the uh, twenty two, twenty five, twenty six, something in there, right? Where yeah, that uh, you're all of a sudden dealing with with order sizes going down, and then no matter no matter the order size, locked into exclusivity for right um, for uh, eighteen months, twenty four months, or something for these long periods where you're locked in and can't work on can't work on something else, right? So fewer people are making less money, and they can't work again. You know, they're because they're they're locked into a contract, mm-hmm. even if they're not getting paid more. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't uh, go across the street and work for uh, you know work on work on a different show. Um, then AI got involved and. And I got to tell you, my hot take is I think I think the AI thing is overblown. I, I think we don't understand it well enough yet. Um, the the I, I think that the threat that large language models pose to writers is certainly not as great as the 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 threat they pose to actors. Just because they're certainly not as good. Um, this uh you know at this point but like mm. you know the writers see it as an existential threat uh to their you know whole whole right. livelihood right, right. And I, yeah i mean i get i guess i get it like the I, think like this, I guess they're choosing to fight this fight now because like the next by the next time they're afraid it could be too late sure i mean and that's you know over and over again the the unions have sort of given on early technologies like streaming and it turns out that the you know the the uh <laughs> turns out that the upside is not what they were not what they were promised right because the yeah. um so you know that's the there's some those are kind of the structural things that the writers are striking on and i i get that right like because it it turns writing into something that it's impossible to really make a, a middle class living at right like um if, uh, yeah again like we're, they're, they're just like there's always going to be that elite top um top tier yeah, right. folks who are getting paid a lot of money. Um, sure, Shonda Rhimes. Was, yeah, Shonda Rhimes is making hundreds of millions of dollars. Aaron, right? Aaron Sorkin. Ryan right. Murphy is. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not even. He's a, a 
Oscar-winning screenwriter now. Like he's you know doing passion projects already. But like yes, totally. Um, that kind of stuff is what's you know those those are the the sort of counterexamples. Same same way in you know there are all these movie stars. Oh, they're so they're so wealthy. They're paid so much. You know, uh, they live these glamorous lifestyles. Well, yeah, but the median income for for an actor is zero. You know, so there is there is this this stratification. There is this kind of like wealth inequality. You know, income inequality that uh, affects the the dynamics of the discussion um, in in a way that's not really useful when you're sort of talking about the modal actor. Um, and this is all set against the backdrop of the kind of the evisceration of the middle class across the board uh, in the United States, and yep, kind of like too. stratification and and uh, an increase in in income inequality. Like there there was a time when an actor who was sort of at my level, you know, who was booking guest shots on a network sitcom, could buy a house with that money. You know, um, like not a house in Beverly Hills, but you know, a house somewhere, <laughs> house somewhere else, South Santa Monica. Um, the uh, actually, I remember growing up on uh, you know the the house that I grew up in. Like there was actually an actor who bought the house next to us uh, off of some like network TV show that that uh, that he got and moved in hmm. moved in with his family. And um, that was you know that, that those days are are gone for a variety of reasons. Um, Not larger, the least of which being the uh, the completely screwed up uh, housing market and housing yeah, policy. Hundred percent states and particularly Southern California in yeah. Southern California in California proposition Google proposition 13 right like um so so yeah that that those those are gone and like turning writing into um into gig work you know I don't think is I don't know I don't think it's it's the greatest thing in the world for actors I think it's a it's a slightly different thing um, and I'm not that I'm I'm less up the actors have been uh, less good at communicating specifically what the demands are I think actually the AI stuff scans and stuff uh, that these have been going the, the, on yeah the, give a little context there. you're talking about well, just like yeah, the so, general thing about like you know like the the, the, the studios want to buy the rights the digital digital body rights of an actor for very cheap yeah and they then want, they, like, use them right. uh, in, for infinity forever well and that's, as as they want. yeah and that's the thing like world worldwide and 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 forever in perpetuity like that's you know the, uh that's how all the all the contracts and, are written but like yeah it's, so be clear, I, it's also it's an ai thing it's not just a purely digital digital effects thing right well, because yeah, like, so the, the ai would be used like make that process like much cheaper and faster than like what ILM had to do like 15 years ago. This is, is already right? here is the thing, right? Like we had, mm-hmm. uh, we had digital Grand Moff Tarkin. We've had digital Luke Skywalker. We had digital Carrie Fisher, you know, all of these things like they exist and they're, they're pretty good. You know, when you consider what they are, they're, uh, yeah. DH Terrace and Ford was pretty good. Yeah, D. H. Harrison Gordon Indy was before, yeah. was yeah, pretty as better, definitely better than the Irishman, the D. H. De Niro and the Irishman, right? Like yeah. these uh, these things um, are are improving a lot. But yeah, the I, I'm always wary of of taking. I, I always take what I say with a grain of salt because, like you know, sometimes the battle is fought in the media, and sometimes people's positions are misrepresented. But yes, what I what I did hear was that one of the one of the de- demands that the AMPTP had was that they could. Um, create digital scans of background actors, 
you know, so for whatever your your day rate is as a, a background actor, a couple hundred dollars or something, they could scan your likeness and use it in, in perpetuity. Um, I now I don't know what the the details are of that, but like that's that's again the that but that's the whole. Um, that's the whole problem, right? Like, remember, our uneasy equilibrium was that we would participate, that we, the, the kind of the artistic contributors to these projects, um, even if not like producers, even if not like part owners of the, the project, we would participate in success. And so the idea that like, um, you could scan someone and then sort of use that, that digital likeness of them, you know, in perpetuity throughout the universe, um, offense against the unequal, uneasy equilibrium, offense against the idea that in success, the creative people are going to participate in, you know, the windfall in the upside because it's a, you know, it's a business of bets, right? Like it's, you know, you don't, you never know what's going to hit. Um, and, but I mean, you uh, could call it profit sharing, right? Is it, is it, uh, sure. Is it fair to say? Yeah. Something right, exactly. Something, something like that, and exactly like what the definition of profit is. Though it's not, it, it, Mark, it's not profit sharing in that it is rigidly um, uh, defined, you know. And it has to do, it's, it has to do with, it's like very, very clear what you get um, if you share in the profit of a uh, of an entertainment production. You'll never see. A dollar, because right? Yeah, like the counting tricks and things like that, right? Which, yeah, and they're very, like, very good. They're very, very good at it. I don't think the uh, the Empire Strikes Back. I don't think became profitable for like thirty five years, right, you know, right, right. and finally became profitable. <laughs> but a big day for someone who had you know points in uh, points in that. So it's why you hear like first dollar gross as a term being sort of thrown yeah, thrown yeah, around yeah, a yeah. lot as opposed to as opposed to profit. So it's it's pretty um, it's pretty stringently defined like what you get for particular events uh events events happening when it's done in in a cpa but okay so there there are two big problems here right um and i'm I'm gonna take them in in increasing order of seriousness right one is the streamers don't tell anyone how their uh, shows do and that's you know that's it Right. That's like, that's the thing that you can't get around. You don't know how many people are watching a Netflix show. In, in the old days, you had a Nielsen rating, right? And that like, that would, uh, give you a barometer of how you're doing. You know, talking about like information, basic information, transparency. Yes. To feed the compensation conversation. And yeah, absolutely. And so you could go, you know, as the cast of friends, your bargaining power. You know, and and again, I'm I you know, of course, I'm using examples from the kind of the stratosphere, but like as the cast of Friends, your bargaining power was based on, uh, you know, symmetrical information was based on understanding with some like some measure that everyone agreed on whether or not. I mean, you know, you can talk all day about the the methodology of the Nielsen ratings, but like everyone used them, you know, and that that was. Um, they were at least directionally accurate. And like, that's, that's what told you that the market valued your work that, or that the, the, yeah, that the market valued your work at such and such a thing. And so negotiating with your employer, you could, uh, you know, have some, have some leverage there. I, I don't know how, like, you know, I don't know how many people watch Stranger Things. 
You know, I don't know how many people, and they, they drop little marketing tidbits sometimes, like this is our most watched 10 minutes ever, you know? Um, I, I also think that, that Netflix has a set of key performance indicators that are very different from right. what, uh, commercial television had, right? Subscriber retention. Retention. Yeah. Or like, um, attribution. Can you attribute a new sub to a particular show? Like when Wednesday came on, did that get us, you know, a 10 million new people or something like that? Like that, that's an important thing, uh, for them, but they can't, you know, um, and you know what? Every di- Apple's, you know, Apple and Amazon essentially like it's, uh, you know, I don't know. And for Amazon, their shows are like NPS arbitrage, right? Because you don't care really where you, <laughs> you don't, well, no, seriously, like it's, it's very hard to buy NPS if you are a seller of toilet paper. It is a lot easier to buy NPS if you're a seller of Jack Reacher. Yeah. And so by, I, I, we should pause for a moment also explain, right? Net, NPS being net promoter score, right? Yeah. Sort of like the brand affinity. Sure. Which is this, for this huge intangible brands like, like Apple and Amazon. Yeah. I'm doing a bit. I'm sorry. It's a, it's kind of a douchebaggy thing to, to, use the to use the jargon but like goodwill it's goodwill arbitrage right yeah. like i have no particular goodwill to the place that i buy my toilet paper but i have huge goodwill uh you know to the to the thing that that puts ted lasso on the uh, uh puts ted lasso on the internet you know i have huge goodwill to the whoever made that the jack reacher series that was that was a really good uh <laughs> that was a really good tv series right like um so that's their KPI, our, our, our KPIs are very different from, um, from Netflix KPIs. And so yeah. you have before, this yeah, essential. Yeah, before we go into the next thing, I just yeah. want to also pause and ask a question. Like, so there are third party analytics firms, um, that try to, uh, I don't know, find indirect ways of measuring, um, some of these indicators talking about in particular, you know, just like straight up audience size, right? Sure. But like, presumably to your point, like, you know, they're imperfect. Um, maybe they're not universally accepted across all the different stakeholders, um, and perhaps more importantly, right, all the the internal metrics um, that are, are really, really like that held very tightly uh, by by these big companies, which a, a third party would never be able to get at. Totally, yeah, hundred hundred percent. So yeah, you can do it by certain proxies, right? You can do it um, using I don't know sophisticated Audio surveys, yeah, sophisticated methodologies, the likes of which the my small brain can't even imagine. But the um, but still, it's not the same as as really everyone being all in on an objective, everyone being all in on the same methodology. Um, but, you know, the point I'm, I'm making is that these the, the when you see a streaming service like the streaming services are in are in radically different businesses, you know, and so, you know, Netflix being a pure play, right, like Disney or Warner's being or what is what is Warner uh, Max? You know, um, right. That this is like, uh, you know, these are supplementing traditional media businesses. Right. Disney's being, you know, also theme parks and cruises and stuff like that. So there's more. So you can't, there isn't like a, a, a common standard of success. So what exact, what even the, um, the agreed upon, uh, you know, success metric would be that we can all buy into is, is a little obscure. Um, you know, fortunately, it's the greatest minds in, fortunately, the greatest minds in, in, uh, you know, in global thinky think. I'll go to the, I'll go to the entertainment industry, Mark. That's where you find a Rand corporation like think tank. No, no, I mean, no one knows. No one knows. And, uh, I mean, that, that is the, you know, as someone who's outside of this, right? You know, there's a perception of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the, 
whoever is like, you know, crunching out this model for Disney, like those people must be really good. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the joke, you know, just a, a bit of attention here. Right. Talk about, uh, you know, the, the the Florida government, Ron DeSantis and his feud against Disney is like, oh, yeah, the Disney lawyers like, you know, they're like you know, they got this airtight, you know, like they're really good at their jobs and they're taking these buffoons to school kind of thing. Right. You would mm-hmm. I, I think there's there, there is like a reasonable assumption like there are savvy business people, um, you know, working at all the stuff in, in these big media companies. But maybe this is kind of the, the broader point here. And I'll let you get back to reason number two here uh, in, in just a second. But like the the dislocation that's happening in the market right now is or not even right now over the last like 20 years just like so utterly profound right like it's um it's it's kind of hard to understate it sure that's fair to say yeah all the for all the reasons that we just talked about from like a million other things as well it's a it's a it's a meteor hitting the it's a meteor hitting the industry you know um but you know what that meteor that i think that meteor is not um, necessarily the producers, you know, and, oh, sorry, the, uh, so one more, one more thing about that. Like when, when you put the tech companies in, the tech companies want to do what they do everywhere. They're like the aliens in, in Independence Day. You know, they go around from planet to planet sucking up resources, you know, like they did, you know, like, like they did to taxis, the, the nation over, you know, the, uh, uh, like, like Uber and Lyft did to, to taxis, like, like the various, um, companies have done to the music industry, right? Like it's, it's happening. They, they take all the margin. They want to like, you know, push the, the cost of, of production all the way down to pay as little as possible for the thing that they have, you know, 0.003 cents per song streamed, right? And then, and, uh, everything flows to the, uh, to the bottom line of the, of the, um, tech company. Right. Stake so, out a monopoly position, et cetera. Yeah. Hundred yeah, hundred percent. No, it's getting it's getting um you know, I, I don't know. I've been around some tech companies and I've actually heard uh heard the strategy articulated that hey, we're just gonna burn money until we're the only player and then we can raise prices to mm-hmm. uh to to Whatever, whatever oh, yeah. we want. Yeah, the quiet part was being said out loud, like many, many times over. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. That's not just like, you know, confidential back uh back office meetings but like also just like straight up in the totally like and and growth 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 and when the fire hose of money is on i mean it it makes a certain kind of sense i guess uh but when you turn when you turn off the fire hose of money all of a sudden you know uh these these little fires these little fires go out but no and again just to make that explicit we're talking about the interest rate environment and how it was based essentially zero for a very long time, and yeah. now it's like way higher than zero. Cost so it costs cap- a lot more money to borrow. Yeah. yeah, cost of capital was was essentially free. Like I, I kind of which I, again, that was wild, <laughs> right? Like part of this conversation Dude. here, and you know, like the like for those listening to this, like, we're obviously not a business, not a trade podcast here. Like you know, we're, we're culture and commentary. You know the jargon though, uh, KPI, yeah, yeah, yeah. KPI, you know, bro. NPS, bro. But do you um, even NPS, bro? <laughs> I, I don't, Matt. That, that's that's why that's why I'm not in management. Um, <laughs> it's 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 helpful for me at least to like to step back and to like you know take in um, the seismic shocks that are happening and like finding a vocabulary to talk about it. Um, you know, when when it, uh, through the lens um, of of this very specific kind of labor management dispute. Um, so yeah, like all the, the, the key going, like we're on a roll here. But we you, haven't, you said, even, like, we haven't one, even gotten to the big one. one. Yeah. yeah. Take it to the big one. So the, the big one is that your fight isn't even with the producers. Your fight is with TikTok. 
you know, and, and the best, mm. this is a take. Fire I've heard, take. Fire take. This is a, the, the take that I've heard, you know, um, online and the best version of it goes like this, right? There are some number of billions, like between what, one and two billion, um, Mem- uh, users of TikTok, like uh, monthly active users of TikTok, yeah. So is that large, that's that also is is shocking. It is that's nuts. It is kind of it is kind of shocking, right? That's so, like a significant percentage of the world's po- entire world's population. Oh yeah, it's like thirty percent, right? Like, um, so in you know there are just shy, I think, of a hundred million in um. 100 million in uh, the, the United States. Yeah. So let's yeah, say 100 yeah. million to make the uh, uh, to make the math easy. Right. There are 20 uh, some odd thousand members of the Writers Guild of America West that the Hollywood, you know, uh, Writers Guild, the, um, the 10,000 full members and then some more. Uh, like associate members or something like people who are like earning their weeks or something like that. All these unions have this like, like pledge and hazing system that, that you had to do. I had to do like 50 weeks of professional theater work before I was able to join, uh, before I was able to join actors equity. So the, um, so yeah, so here's the thing. Um, a hundred million people. On TikTok, making I don't know how many of those make TikToks. Suppose some percentage of those make TikToks, but suppose um, that of the people on TikTok, zero point one percent are good content creators, right? Suppose that of the a thousand people on TikTok, one makes something interesting that you'd want to watch, that you'd follow, and that you'd uh, you know, that you'd be able to, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Yep. That's a hundred thousand good content creators in the United States, right? Five X, the membership of the writer's guild of America yeah. West working for free yeah. around the clock to create awesome stuff that you want to watch that you want to just vertically swipe on your phone forever and ever and ever and ever and watch. And, and, and from what I understand also, like, you know, you're not just counting on that cadre of the good people. Then like, they're also um, buttressing uh, the legions of mediocre people. Sure. That, you know, just kind of like our filler in the feed. And because like, you know, not every feed, every video that the algorithm serves, you needs to be fire. Just enough of them. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, one one hundred percent. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of fluff. Yeah. There's that's interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of the night agent for every the diplomat that you get, right? Like uh, even on TikTok. And then when you say that, by the way, like one of the things that that TikTok does that these kind of feed based social media things do is, or not feed based. Um, this is not feed based. This is you know algorithmically based social right. media does is. Um, bust down global barriers, you know? So anywhere in the Anglophone world, and by the way, the translation, this translation is getting really, really good, you know? Um, if you go to a, if you go to like your average Mr. Beast video on, on YouTube and change your translation settings, like Mr. Beast dubs like professionally dubs into multiple languages so like the the huh. uh, wow. the tools around that. this are getting so sophisticated that you're actually not just dealing with american entertainment the way that we um 
uh, you know, the, the way that we have before. I mean, Netflix has sort of brought this trend to the fore with something like Squid Game. By the way, labor conditions in yeah, South, yeah, Korean, South Korean entertainment industry, like now, you know, are terrible. They they do the thing where it's like, oh, you have a class, but your class is 600 students. Have fun grading the papers. Here's $400, right? Like, they actually do that. Like the, Also, you need I, to have sex with me. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough about it, it to say about it, that. It's but, just as, as bad as yucky as it, it could be. Like, I mean, like, just to, 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 to play out this tangent here for just a little bit, right? Like, from what I understand, Matt, tell me if, 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 I'm, if, if this is not correct from your understanding. Uh, Netflix, like, have made a very intentional move, right, to hedge against the risk of labor disruption in the United sure. States, right, by getting content from various other uh, foreign markets, yeah. um, foreign production uh, environments, including South Korea. Um, and lo and behold, right, you know, it's like, uh, you know, labor doesn't have uh, quite the same kind of protections uh, over there. And, um, oh, look, look at all the look at all this abuse and, um, and exploitation going on over there. Yeah, yeah. A, a day. I mean, near the, the one that I've heard that just drives me crazy is that uh, a day in in the South Korean entertainment industry is considered a, a continuous period of work. Um, so, oh, no. uh, you know, so if Uh-oh. you work for 30 hours, that's a day. Right. Um, as opposed to the uh, unionized labor force in the United States, where I, I did a, an, a couple of days as an extra on a Michael Mann movie. Um, and the first day we went into golden time. Now, you may not know what golden time is, Mark, but the first um, the first uh, eight hours of your um, uh, the first eight hours of your day, you're paid a day rate as an extra, as a unionized extra on a, a Hollywood motion picture, right? Oh, Matt, is this when the light gets really low in the sky and just fire things up and no, just, th- like everything is beautiful? You're thinking is that of the time uh, when everything's beautiful. You're thinking Matt? of the the Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, the uh, country singer. That's <laughs> 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 that. Um, no, the uh, so you got you get t- your day rate for the first eight hours. If you go over that, you go into overtime, the next four hours are paid at time and a half on a sort of prorated hourly basis at, at time and a half. Hmm. And the four hours after that, hours 12 through 16, are paid uh, at double time. So now you're at a 16-hour day. If your day as a unionized extra on a, a Hollywood motion picture uh, extends beyond 16 hours, right? So you got there, you got there at 8 a.m. Now it's midnight. You actually probably got there more like at 5 a.m. And so now it's, uh, now it's nine. Um, every after 16 hours, every hour or part thereof is paid at the day rate. So uh, I, I went into, uh, I went into golden time the first day on this, this, uh, Michael Mann movie that, that I was working on. I don't know. I hope there's no like confidentiality thing I'm preaching by saying them, but um, you know what that meant is that my my acting school student loans got a big extra bonus of payoff, <laughs> you know, from right from from one day of work. And like there are reasons they could call the day at any point, right? Like there are reasons it's They're worth strongly it to them. incentivized to do that. Yeah, yeah, there are reasons it's worth it to them to go to go do that. Um, to be clear, right? The actors don't want to go into golden time no. every day because then you're getting into horrible working conditions. Horrible working conditions, and even even though you generally get a twelve hour turnaround that they can't invade. 
um, so like if you're if you're released from set at four in the morning, they can't call you until four in the afternoon. You don't want to do that to your you know you don't want to do that to your body for the for a, a period a period of time. Um, like some of the most miserable experiences I've ever had on sets were in were in night shoots, and that's you know it, it's unavoidable sometimes, but uh, it is not it's not fun by by any stretch of the imagination. But you know if you have if you are essentially um, you know, f- being able to like shop for a labor market that gives you the most sort of favorable mistreatment of workers, yeah. you know, favorable to Netflix, right? And how much more so on TikTok when everyone is working for when everyone is working for free? And you likewise, know? YouTube, which you mentioned before, yeah, same idea. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not like. I wish entertainment were a business where many, many more people made a living and fewer people made a killing. I think that would be a more just world to live in. And I think it would be a more interesting world to live mm, in. Um, yeah. Because I think that the quality of the entertainment, the quality of the product that we'd get would be uh, a lot better if you could actually have the greater variety that would that would ensue from kind of more and more kinds of people you know from different backgrounds being able if they if you you could actually create a sort of uh a middle class but i I am a little worried about the leverage that labor has in these negotiations, not because what they're asking for is unreasonable, right? Like I, you know, definitely like if I create something that you sell over and over and over again, I want to, you know, if my labor is that valuable, I want to participate in this, the success. Um, but rather because, you know, the money hoses off, Right. There's going to be this contraction in streaming. The idea that we're going to make. Yeah. There already gonna, is. Yeah. Yeah. We're, that we're going to, you know, there's going to be consolidation there. Mark, I, I have this, I've had this idea for a while now, ever since I started having to buy all these streaming services. And, um, my idea is that you, you, you take them together, right? And you kind of buy them together mm-hmm. and you deliver them in some sort of package to your house over yeah. like a wire. You know, and, and we could call hmm. it the, the wire company. Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to work on that. But, uh, but this is my, this is my big business you, you idea. Right? Bundle it together. The, right. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that right? everybody wants like all the stuff. I don't want to pay for, you know what I mean? Like when I, when I go to a restaurant, I don't want like one bill for the appetizer, another bill for the, for the main course and another bill for the dessert. I, I just want one check at the end of yeah. the, at the end of the night. I mean, we're, we're, we're being facetious, but yeah, there's going to be contraction. Yeah. Um, the cable bundle is back. Sort of. It, 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 yeah. Somehow in an odd way, like a little bit worse. Just diff- I don't want to say worse. It's not quite worse. But a little bit, the contraction, different. you know, we're paying, remember when we paid 99 cents a song on, uh, on the iTunes music store. Yeah. Right. And that, now we're paying, you know, uh, what, $7 a month for the whole corpus of human musical output in, for time immemorial. You know, that's, uh, it, right. Like the, the, well, I mean, to your point of the, you know, the gravy train has, has stopped and now it's like 15 bucks actually. Uh, price, well, prices for yeah the the baseline uh, you know spot for Apple Music has well, gone up good. quite a bit. I mean, good, right? Like, I want I want musicians to make a to make a living. Like, I, oh, I guess if, I, only, if only that were you know well, right? Yeah, if only to, that to the, that were happening. I go yeah. I go to a lot of live shows. I buy I buy a lot of t shirts. You know, off the front of a stage <laughs> to, <laughs> to support the people to support the people I I uh, I care about. But I you know I worry that after you know spending. 80% of our time talking about um 
80% of our time talking about uh, the, you know, labor dispute. And, and you know, yeah, thank you for letting me uh, kind of rant on about it a little bit. Oh, I yeah, that's it, super educational. I yeah. hope it was interesting to you. But, like, I, I worry that, like, the iceberg, you know, that, that like, we're fighting between the, between the first class and the steerage pass- passengers on uh, the Titanic and completely missing the iceberg, which is that this kind of entertainment is on the wane, you know? And I, I hate to say that because I like it so much. Um, yep. Yep. I hate to say that, you know? Uh, and I don't know the, 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 the impulse, the impulse to create and to communicate the impulse to make art is, is sort of eternal and it's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be eradicated entirely. It's just going to, to change. And, uh, you know, and I guess yeah. like, I guess like faith, you know, is probably the, the, and hope. <laughs> And, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity to your union brothers and sisters <laughs> marching on the picket line. So I'll be out there on the picket line. You want to come out and say hi? Bring me a bottle of water. Seriously, really? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I will absolutely. That I haven't worked awesome. as I haven't yeah. worked as an actor in in half a dozen years, but I will go and support my yeah. my. You like know, you're still getting residual checks. Brother, thanks to, um, my brothers and sisters yeah. in the union. Yeah, like uh, I will absolutely. Um, you know. Uh, walk up and down um, in front of, you know, I don't know, in front of the, the studio gate. Well, traffic Better there is... than in my living room, Matt. So, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to go, Mark. <laughs> I know. I know. You got to put your kids to bed. I'm sorry. I should I should leave your living room. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, management. Thank you for, for allowing me to podcast for free on this uh, on this wonderful chat. Thank you for the for the opportunity. It's it's going to look really good in my portfolio. Oh, oh man. Like, God, we just all the time talking about free uh, labor putting out, you know, entertainment products. It's like yeah, what is, is, oh yeah, that's us, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you very yeah. much to the to the members who uh, you know for for a dollar an episode or thereabouts keep our uh, keep our lights on, keep the servers running around here, you know, because because you know, like hosting companies, they don't care about they don't care yeah. about your uh, artistic uh, uh, your artistic value. So overthinkingit.com slash join for to to uh, be a to become a patron, right? To like uh, you know, I don't know, sustain us with your with your patronage, and everyone who does it is uh, is a hero in my eyes. All right, Mark, I'm sorry, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, like and everybody's just starting to bring this this conversation uh, to a close. Like reflecting on all this here, like you know, this is this moment and the the labor and management struggle that we're talking about here, which we alluded to before, is like you know about so many more things than just like the entertainment business, right? It's just the very precarious place that we've brought uh, you know the American economy or the global economy, you know, to over the over the last hundred years, and you know, po- policy decisions around the aforementioned housing market, you know, healthcare particular right god how huge is that in all these labor negotiations you know not just in entertainment but um, literally any other uh union like healthcare costs are are, are straight up there at the front and how we've been so bad at the you know managing that as a country Mm -hmm. as well um it's uh it's you know when when we when the our our way of life and um these entertainment and art uh, artistic efforts um that bring us so much joy we keep redoubt if we keep coming back to these notions of exploitation or everything is is built off of exploitation um it's it's quite a bummer right not gonna lie um and it feels very intimidating that you know kind of like 
you know, well, how do we fix all this, all of this, everything that we just talked about here? Well, it's like, you know, well, um, you don't fix all of it at once. You fix small parts of it, um, you know, one, one fight at a time. Um, and yet, right, you know, that that still feels insufficient as well. So um, in an effort not to bring this, uh, um, uh, you know, at the end of closing on a down note, like, you know, the the. If we're going to think of what are some constructive things we can uh, close this out on that, right? Like, so awareness, right, is, is the first thing here. So hopefully everybody's learned something about kind of the stakes here and kind of the, the, the broader systemic challenges here. But what else, Matt? Like, what can we, how else can we kind of be productive um, in this conversation? I sort, of join, sort of, again, joining Matt on the picket line. Well, uh, come join me on the picket line. I mean, there's a, you know, uh, there's a, there's a sign for you. <laughs> Anyone who <laughs> wants to support is welcome. But the, um, the, uh, I, I mean, Near as I can tell, look, I, if you don't want to s- support the, if you don't want to, um, fix the systemic problem, but you want to just ameliorate the conditions for artists that you care about, uh, I would find a way to support them directly, right? Like, and, and, you know, buy a shitty t-shirt off the, oh, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. I'm not editing, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but buy a crappy t-shirt off the, off the front of it. Uh, uh, off the front of the stage at a, you know, or like buy a vinyl, right? Like of, of an album off the merch table, uh, when you go, when you go see a band, like by, by and large, p- people who make things that you're interested in, uh, have cottoned on to the fact that the, the, you know, the kind of the corporate systems are not necessarily friendly to the artists. And so a lot of savvy people have, uh, avenues to, to do that, you know? And so if you want, you know, to, to help a little bit now and you know hey one more pitch for overthinking it.com slash join uh to to support us but like and any artist i think like that's that's um a move that you can make right now that will make a material difference to someone uh even you know in an atmosphere even in a situation where you can't um solve the systemic issue single-handedly yeah. appreciate that man overthink it.com slash join <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you take us out, boss. You're the host today. You're management. Oh, oh, I manage. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, as as a corporate officer of of the overthinking it um, global enterprise, um, it uh, remains my obligation to um, you know refute the horrible claims of the overthinking it union <laughs> uh, that's beginning in my living room. Um, remind you to um, uh, sign up for membership, please. And of all other things, oh, oh, join us in the conversation of Discord as well. All bits aside and things like that, because uh, that's where we come together as a community and, and talk about stuff and exchange interesting ideas. Um, and as hey, always, hey. Hey. oh ho, exploiter thinking it's got to go on hey, the hey. web at oh, overthinkingit.com, where we subject popular culture to a level of scrutiny it, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. We are the union. We are the union. The mighty, mighty union. Mighty, mighty union. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. People want to know. People want to know. What our demands are. What our demands are. But we don't know. I'm not so sure. Because the writers wrote the thing for themselves. The writers wrote it for themselves. 
And we're the actors, and we don't have anyone to write the stuff for us. We we only say lines that that someone chants in our ear. <laughs> okay. <laughs>